Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. Across the street and around the world, Cheyenne Hills. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. And Nathan, it's great to have you back in studio, and Happy New Year. 2022. Can you believe it? Sounds like something out of a science fiction novel, oh, you know? It's like, whoever, who would have thought we'd live this long, right? I, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. Well, so if you had, I mean, I don't know, any New Year's resolutions, are you a New Year's resolution kind of guy? You know what? That's a good question. I Years ago, I heard someone literally say this from a pulpit one time, that you shouldn't have New Year's resolutions right. because you're going to break them anyway. No, and I thought, well, thanks for that vote of confidence. Yeah, but, exactly. And he was telling this to a large group of people, but... I really, you know that old adage that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time? I do know that one. I'd rather aim at something. And yeah. so New Year's resolutions, actually, and I've kept a few of them, like this last year. I had a resolution to read the Bible through in a year, but okay. systematically, and right. praise the Lord, actually you got through it. accomplished that. Nice. And, That's uh, good. Several things, some things I didn't keep. I had a resolution last year to not drink any soda, and I made it to June. I made it <laughs> about six months. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's actually one of the resolutions. I I haven't had a soda forever. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. I drink way too much yeah. in my life, and I just for, I kind of kind of cold turkey on that one. But I don't know if it's a result of a New Year's resolution. Oh, yeah. Probably probably should have said so. That way I could. Well, say it's a New Year's I resolution this year, so hold me accountable, brother. All right, no soda for you. <laughs> no soda for me. All right, no diet, nothing. Right, no nothing. Right. All right. Well, it so, just means I go heavy on coffee, though. Well, yeah, but I've substituted. With uh, carbonated water. I mean, do you, yeah. do you ever like do you like the sparkling water? In the I, I've had some recently. It's called smart water. I've always hoped that it would actually make me smarter, <laughs> but you never know. It might be. You're pretty smart. You, well, they have this. They have different flavors, and yeah. there's no calories or anything. It's no, I know. I I drink a lot of that sparkling water. Probably. I hope it's hope it's okay for us because I sure drink a lot of it. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. I you know as far as me, I I like New Year's resolutions, but I. I don't know. I, I'm better just at goal setting, and mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of relook at all my goals, uh, yeah. mental mentally. How many books I might desire to read? Um, mm-hmm. uh, physically, what I you know physically that my whether weight or maybe uh, uh, lifting a certain amount of weight or something that way. It's always been kind of in my wheelhouse, or or maybe even knowing that I could run you know a five k or something like that, yeah. staying in that kind of shape. Um, physical mental spiritual uh, spiritual goals and and financial goals some things that i have so mary Kay and i used to be really diligent about this uh we we now we just kind of more talk about it but it's we used to like go to, get away and do a retreat oh. and I, I tell you when we were younger and the kids were young that getaway and setting out these goals was just uh, how would you do that well, I, I even wanna, in seminary we that. would do this um you know we'd you know find somebody to keep the kids we'd have go um, go someplace, you know, even, even if it's a hotel in town, but just get out of the house mm-hmm. and, uh, have the kids, you know, with somebody. And then Friday night, go out and eat dinner. And then Saturday morning, get up and it's like, okay, this is Saturday morning. We're going to lay out our goals. And mm-hmm. so, um, sit down and talk, especially the financial goals. Those are the ones that, you know, it really, you know, really involves you, you both. And when resources are tight, uh, those goals and that plan, you need to be right. pretty much pretty tight on that. In fact, we would actually do this probably twice a year, um, a just because we had to recalibrate and things 
especially in seminary, you know, between semesters and whatnot. But I, I will tell you, God really honored that. Mm-hmm. But um, now and then l- later, we still sit down. We'd, we'd map out. I still have mapped out all the finances, best I can handle, or best I can can see. You know, it's like, okay, this with this salary, we can do this and this and this, and here's a maybe a three or five year plan. So mm-hmm. that's the only one I've really looked down the road. Have on. you shared this in a, any sort of like teaching that you've done mm. in your church, or because last no, time really. I talked to you, which was just before Christmas. You had talked about, and I thought that's a good piece of information for young pastors. You will do Christmas early. Oh yeah, right, right. So there's little things that I'm picking up from how you have planned things out yeah. in your life that would be good to share in some sort of formal setting. It's not a, it's not bad. And I would, I think the reason I probably haven't is I don't feel like I'm, an, I'm an expert. I feel like I've taken things maybe from, uh, from financial kind of people and applied it oh, you know, yeah. a little bit here, you know, from even back as far as Larry Burkett, yeah. you know, oh, yes. some of those old school kind of guys that, you know, helped you to really put together a plan. And that guy was amazing. He, he did he did me a lot of, or us a lot of good. Uh, there's another guy. Is it Ron Blue? Does that sound right? I, Something, I don't know that a, name. It's a, I think last name Blue, but he, uh, he was really good on, on planning and whatnot. So we read a lot of books and, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Lord, we need to know how to, manage these resources. And we talk about how much we'd give. We talk about how much, you know, we both came up with the kind of the number. And, uh, so yeah, we've, we've sat down and talked a lot yeah. now. We don't as much now just because I, I think we kind of know, you know, right now our goal is to get the, our house paid off. We have it. We had a, we, a 10 year, we had a window we could hit and get a 10 year, uh, oh, right. loan and finish this. We've never been able to completely pay off a house we'd live in it just long enough we move and whatnot or rent and we didn't have the equity we'd like to have and it's like you know what we're gonna do this and so that's a we sat down so now we're just grinding that out you know sometimes you just grind out you know halfway through that one but it's a goal and 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 i like what you're talking about because because you're a goal-oriented guy you're re retooling those goals Mm -hmm. and that's one of the great things about resolution and First of all, to be able to restart all that every year. Yeah. Secondly, then to step in every week, you also have an opportunity to make it right again. Yeah. You know, but but to start at the beginning of a year is a real opportunity, and and we're not alone in doing this. Obviously, this is a historic thing people have done for years. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's important too. I mean, we you know we just did this all not in a real structured way but we sat down and looked at all you know life insurance i got some term life insurance and it's going to be coming due soon and mm. and um are we going to continue on with that should i get some new life insurance so you know the planning on your you know i'm i'm going to be i'm 59 so i got to i got to have a decent plan you right. know on how how do these next few years look and you know i'd have to know what my amount will be if social security is there when i I'm there. It's going to be. A good question. I'm going to be 67 uh-huh. if if it's there. And here's the amount. And here's my you know retirement from the the, the you know our our we have a pension kind of thing that with our conference. And so here's your amount if you continue at this rate. You know you have to figure all these things out. Mm-hmm. And so we've we sat down with a financial planner and uh, really cranked through different options. And those guys have good insight. That's so, good. Yeah. That's good. It's important to do. I, I think important to do all of Right. Yes, sir. No. Well, anyway, I I thought too. You uh, brought up some ideas that there's. We're not the first ones to come up with this idea of right. uh, of planning or resolutions. Right. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about what you found here. Well, I found this the other day. Um, so if you don't know who I know, you do. But Jonathan Edwards, 
was probably the foremost theological thinker that has ever been born on American soil. Wow. Um, and he was uh, a preacher who, his preaching in Northampton, Massachusetts, uh, actually is what launched what was called the Great Awakening yep. in 1743, which, um, studying that out in history, from about 1743 to about 1770 okay. is the technical dates for uh, the Great Awakening. And really what came out of the Great Awakening and the deep and passionate change in the lives of the colonists hmm. uh, are what launched the United States of America mm -hmm. in starting in 1776. Right. But it's, it's estimated, by the way, uh, just a little factoid here, that during that time frame, uh, the colonists, basically about 75% of them, became what we would call today a born-again evangelical Christian. Okay. And so it was, it fundamentally changed things. And that's, by the way, uh, another little factoid, the difference between revival and awakening. Revival is something that happens in one's heart and can happen within a church or a small setting. An awakening is when that revival actually begins to have repercussions throughout civil society around it. Okay. To where even those who may not go to church or whatever, they still uh, agree with and feel the effects of that revival that's happening oh, okay. within the church. Right. So, good. because obviously you cannot have revival without being vibed. You got to be vibed place. to start with. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> so, right. But awakening. But as a young man, so he actually finished his bachelor's degree as a teenager hmm. and oh. then went right into his master's program. And about at the age of 19, he wrote 70 resolutions. Okay. Just amazing, this thinker. So so not just for one year, but these are for his life? Is that what you're thinking? These are partly it's, uh, per year. So the resolutions okay. that I found, many of them were added at different dates uh, later on um, and at di in different years. I see, so we added so to them. I think he may have done this both on a for his life and then secondly also to, to make sure every year he was checking these things up. So he followed through and made sure yeah. he continued. So would he be a, a product of the Log College? No, sir. That that actually came shortly afterward. But as a result of, he actually was for a little while the president of uh, the College of New Jersey, which is now Princeton University, right. which is where that happened. So he would have right. been the generation before, but actually okay. part of the cause for um, allowing that to happen. And so what what the this is my in my memory bank of the log college first of all it's presbyterian is that is that correct? yes most of them were and so it, as they pushed out across the frontier they would build a church and then on the in the back of the church they'd have this little log cabin that was mm -hmm. pretty much four four walls and probably an outhouse and yeah. that was where the the intern came to study underneath the the pastor mm -hmm. and as soon as he was trained up a hunk of time yeah. until he, they thought he was ready, then he would actually go plant a church further out into the uh, awesome. the, the frontier. Is that mm -hmm. kind of your recollection right. of the well, he was a He was a Presbyterian. Yeah. And uh, of course, this was very, very early. Um, but part of that was just getting any college established. Yeah. And so that's how uh, Princeton came to be. Yeah. And it was, he was one of the very first. He's a, that's an amazing place. Have you ever been to Princeton, by the way? I never have. It's beautiful. I've been all over it on Google Earth. It is, <laughs> it is drop dead gorgeous. Oh. I've driven out to, we drove, we were driving through uh, New Hampshire, uh, New Jersey. Uh -huh. And, uh, and it's like, it said Princeton. I thought, oh my gosh, we got to go. So we went this way. Yeah. And, um, 
and we ate, ate lunch there and kicked around that just kind of drove around the college a little bit but man you talk about gorgeous and and that's not too far from where uh where george washington came across the potomac is that right oh and then right down to, and invaded the hessians on december oh, yeah, 25th right, right. At, at trenton okay uh-huh. so that's within walking distance of princeton Wow, and so I don't think I really had that pictured. Yeah, like I didn't. That. I didn't know either. these places, but I've there's so much uh, Revolutionary War history mm-hmm. in and around that area. It's That'd just rich. There's just uh, you know monuments and different things around. Yeah. It's amazing. So, and of course, that's where Einstein taught, right? At Princeton? Yeah, he was an Einstein was okay. at Princeton. Yeah. Okay. There, I saw a, I saw a statue great. of him. So this, I'm pretty sure I had the right college here. So maybe I have someone to Google my, I guess my that search. Makes you Einstein. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so give us some. Uh, yes. Give us some of the things that ones that you highlight. I I found a couple of. We're doing this time management. Not time wonderful. Management. We're doing a series called "It's About Time," and I'm mm-hmm. tying it with Ecclesiastes and talking about time and all that's things. Good. Well, so I was really intrigued by. Well, I'll try Some to leave those from, to you, okay? Because they're the good. time management ones. Yeah, right. They were fascinating. Yeah, well, so he, a few of these things, I, I loved it. Um, he starts off with his overall life mission. So what he okay. did is he took. Uh, there are seventy of these, but then he subdivides each one of them. The first one, overall life mission, a couple of them really uh, uh, popped out. Number three, it says resolved. If ever I should fall and grow dull. So as to neglect to keep any part of these resolutions to repent of all I can remember when I come to myself again. (laughs) If you've ever done that, you know, I I guarantee you someone listening uh, has probably done this before where you set a diet resolution. Oh, yeah. And not only do you fall off the wagon, you crater the pavement next to it. You know what I mean? And what he's saying, and I love this. I love the way he phrases it. When I come to myself again, I'm going to repent and I'm going to get back on the wagon. That's funny. Then he says, resolve to live with all my might while I do live. And uh, that, that's good. Well, that's really good. That yeah. is good. Well, here's one that is kind of the time management. He has a little bit of the same flavor. He says, resolve never to lose one moment of time, but to improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. Mm. It's kind of cool. And he, that, he's, that. you know, he really understood this concept of time. I've, I've been delving into time, you know, what we have, don't, don't waste your time. We can waste time. We can mm-hmm. invest time. We, you know, there's so much we can do with time. And uh, and everybody has the same amount, right? Right. And uh, but anyway, I thought that was a good good picture of time. That's good. You know, a number of years ago, I was preaching uh, where I used to pastor in Thermopolis. And what I did is I took a calculator and I started calculating number one how many days exactly I had lived. Okay. And then breaking that down by how many uh, hours I had lived and how many seconds I had lived. Oh my gosh. And then if I live. Um, three score and 10, you know, the classic 80 years, maybe. Okay. Or by reason of strength, four score, 80 years, how much time I had left. Okay. And I tell you, first of all, it was it hit with instant midlife crisis. But, <laughs> but secondly, though, wow. to, to really, when you, when you look at the number of seconds you have or the number of days you have, it's not as many as you think. Yeah. And so to be resolved to do, to do what you can with what you have. Wow. And to live it all for the glory of God. I mean, that's that's what you're getting at. Can you can you unpack three score and ten? I'm trying to figure out what. Oh yeah. What is the score? A score is twenty. So okay. three score and ten is seventy. Or right. by reason of strength, this is in Psalms. That's where eighty. Four, eighty. Right. Yeah. No, I knew that's Psalm one hundred. I think. Okay. The but it was I didn't realize what you were saying. Um, three score and ten. That makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, that's, that's the, a 
classic old, passage old king the james. old king james yeah. version coming yeah. out of you now, yeah that's that kind of tells us something about your right your right upbringing. how i grew up <laughs> so do you have another t- uh, uh oh when i resolved? loved yeah he says this resolved never to do anything which i would be afraid to do if it was the last hour of my life that is awesome yeah that's pretty pretty strong right there yeah though um, that is uh i think it's an insightful one to you know it's it's very theologically thought through it's like mm-hmm. okay if would I do this thing if this was the last hour of my life because I'm going to meet my creator right. in about 45 minutes? That's right. Oh my gosh, what a that's a yeah. deep thought right there. We could probably just do mic drop and stop right there. <laughs> right. Well, I was driving over here, and on the day that we're recording this, it's snowing like crazy, yeah. and there's a layer of ice underneath. Yeah. And I was uh, in my head, I was singing an old song. But I don't know that the message of it was particularly Christian. It just popped in my head. And I thought of this, and I thought, okay, mm. what if, because of the ice here, and you can barely see anybody, what if I were hit? Mm. Would I want that to be the last song I ever sang? Oh, oh interesting. You know, and, and, that's, and that's what he's getting at. He's getting in your head. Yeah. Or maybe I, he's, he's always been there. You I didn't love even it. know it. <laughs> well, and the Bible tells us, teach us to number our days. Yeah, for sure. You know, so that's not a bad that's thing. That's really good. Here's one that I uh-huh. I frequently hear persons of old age say how they would live if they were to live their lives over again. Ooh. Resolved that I may live just so as I can think I shall wish I had done. Supposing I live to an old age. So... It's, it's kind of a complicated one, but it's pretty... It's good, though. It's good. It's like, when I get old, I want to make sure I've lived this right. thing well. You know? It's that old picture of, uh, you know, I always get this picture of uh, uh, Mom, Pa, Clampett, you know, sitting in the rocking chair, you know, <laughs> and and they're talking about everything that used to happen. Yeah. But but that's a good point. If you're there someday, and someday everyone will be, unless they die early. Yeah. Um, how are you going to be able to think about your life? You know, you, I was just telling you, we were, you know, we've looked at our life insurance and we've looked at, um, you know, retirement, you know, what that's going to look like and all that stuff. And, you know, even for, for the pastor, there's not, there's not a real good picture of retirement in scripture. Right. I don't think we're, I don't think we're necessarily supposed to think that way, but I, I also know that, you know, some pastors, we have a shelf life and maybe God would have something else for us. I don't know, but I'll tell you, there's some guys, you know, take Swindoll or you take Stanley or take, you know, some of the guys we've talked about, Lutzer, mm-hmm. they preached well past the retirement year years and still were relevant and still mm-hmm. had a lot to say. So it's like, I, I do think that, you know, looking to the future is important, but I think sometimes I think that, I don't know, I can't look too far in the future. It's like, you know what, right. this next year I resolved these things and, and uh, we'll see how health and how, mm-hmm. you know, mental and physical and health is, holds up yeah. and, and uh, go forward. And you know, the, the, by the way, this is powerful, and I'd love to ask this question. I'll tell you the, a little bit of a story. I was driving through a different part of the state uh, not too long ago, I mean, within the last week, and met an elderly pastor um, who's retired now. And uh, he was just talking about, you know, it's like putting an old war horse out to pasture. They still have fight in them, you yeah. know, and... And so it was kind of one of those struggles. What do I do from here? One of the things I've thought of, though, is that for a genuine uh, pastor, someone who is called of God, um, it's not just 
an occupation. It's a vocation. Voca meaning calling. Yeah, right. Meaning that right. it's buried That's so good. deeply into who you are right. that no matter what situation, you could basically, uh, someone could fly over a part of the country and drop you off anywhere. And whenever you hit the ground within a, two weeks or so, yeah. you would be pastoring someone. Hmm. That and because that's that's the the, the burden calling. in my own heart. Yeah, and I'd imagine is yeah, that how you sure. feel about it? I do. It, it it's mm. it's really hard. My my uh, future gets real fuzzy when I start thinking about what that looks like. I can't imagine doing anything else. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some some guys that are wired. They can go and they'll be district executive ministers and they go visit yeah. all the past. I don't. I don't see that. Right. I'm. I just don't have that in me really. I. Or at least I don't think I do. I don't. I don't know. But it's like I don't have any desire for those kind of things. But, but, and I know that I'm not uh, finished preaching. I still enjoy the process. I still enjoy putting sermons together, and still enjoy leading. And so, there's a. I don't know. It's a funny thing. I always wonder. You know, John Elway had something I, I hang on to, and he told his dad. He said, "Dad, you're going to have to tell me when I'm done, because mm-hmm. I don't think I'll be able to tell, and I'm not going to trust anybody else." Yeah, you know, he wasn't willing to trust anybody else to say you're done, the the media or whoever. But That's if right. his dad said, you know, John, you lost a step and you're done, he said that that That's would wise. be. I thought it was interesting, and I and I thought I've always kind of held on to that. I think I don't know if there's somebody that could. I know there's a somebody in my life, but I, you know, would I be willing to say, okay, you know, I've I've served and that my effectiveness needs to be, and somewhere else, and somebody needs to take. Mm-hmm. That's what, those are hard things to think through. It is. It's it's, it's uh, painful sometimes. Well, I, I don't know how we're doing on time, but there was one I loved. Okay. Go this, for it, yeah. He says this, resolved never to speak evil of any, except I have some good particular call for it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, just in case yeah. there's a, I need to say something ill, <laughs> right. I, I, I can say it. Oh, that's yeah, funny. That's good. I like <laughs> okay. it. This is very it's real. Like very classic. Right. Uh, a very proper way of saying, but if I need to, just for the good <laughs> yeah. of the situation, I'm going to, yeah. That's yeah. Funny. Okay, here's what I, I started. It says, resolve to en- endeavor to do my utmost to act as I think I should do. If I already, if I had already seen the ha- happiness of heaven or the hell torments. Mm. I thought that was good. It's like, I want to live as if I've seen heaven. I want to live if I've seen hell. As though, I, yes. As though I had. Right. Yeah. That's what he's saying here. That's powerful because honestly, um, to think about that, to live every moment in a big theological way, that's called seeing the, anticipating the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Right. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. And so yeah. I like this resolve never to do anything which I should see in another. I sh- if I should see in another, I should count just occasion to despise him or to think in any way more meanly of him. Basically what he's saying is, if I see something in another person that is really not good, I don't want to be guilty of the same thing. Oh yeah. Which by the way proves he's not a narcissist, you know. Yeah. But but that he's he's a he's self-aware in a good way. You know, one of the things I remember about Jonathan Edwards is he would go into the woods and listen to God. Mm-hmm. Have you heard these stories yeah. before? And and would would he, and whenever he had a word where the he had read he wants to write down or maybe maybe impression impression he thought he heard from God or whatever he would write it on a piece of paper and pin it to his shirt 
Oh, okay. Have you heard this? No. And he would come out of the thing, out of the woods, if you will. He would ride his horse, and he'd come out of it, out of there with all these pins on his shirt. That's really with neat. little chunks of paper on them, <laughs> and and then he would kind of gather them all up and and write about it. Apparently, but I mean, uh, he was a guy that really listened to God. And and I want to I want to just highlight this real quick. But my mom and I were talking over Christmas, and um, we were just we started talking. My mom. She has a cool walk with God. She has a mm-hmm. cool way of listening to God, not in a weird God told me kind of way, nothing like that. But just, you know, and she was just saying that usually when she feels like she really hears from God, it's in short, succinct kind of bursts, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, very direct. Right. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know, and because we were just talking about how to, you know, how to listen to God, how to, you know, we just need to hear from God sometimes. It's like, God, is this a, Go or no go, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so anyway, I just I thought that was an interesting thing um, yeah, that we good. need to be, you know, good listeners and try to try to hone in on those listening skills. Yeah. But he he writes on prayer. He he says, resolve never to count that a prayer, nor to let uh, that pass as a prayer, nor that as a petition of prayer, which is so made that I cannot hope that God will answer it. Oh, that's good. Nor that as a confession, which I cannot hope God will accept. Hmm. And so he's he's talking about being very earnest. Yeah, very sincere. In his prayer life. Yeah. And also believing by faith that God yeah. would answer. He's going to answer. You know, and I think that's part of the, what I was starting out with that, with he go in the woods. I think he yeah. really expected to hear from God. Amen. And... Um, um, I don't know. He's, I think we, we could probably talk on him all day. Yeah. We've kind of gone through our, our time here, but, um, <laughs> this is great. I hope, I hope people, I hope they have some resolves, resolve to Amen. live in a way that, you know, what happens if, if, uh, the next breath I takes in glory, you know, right. we got to live like that. That's, That's good. Good reminder. We can all Amen. live with that one. Well, as we say, as we close out every one of these sessions, we hope and challenge you to be strong in your lives and very courageous. God bless you all.